what is one thing that you would tell a brand that's thinking about doing redesign for their packaging? Understanding what we were trying to achieve, what we were trying to do at the beginning. Because just changing packaging to, I don't know, to make it look a bit different or something like that is, you know, that's okay, but it's wasting the opportunity. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today on Packaging Unboxed Podcast. Yes, we finally changed the name of this podcast. I know we've talked about it. We've mentioned it for a while. We've finally done it. The team over at Work and Company did the complete rebrand. So I'm super stoked on the way everything looks. We're slowly rolling everything out, but don't worry, we'll catch up. Now, the one thing that I want you to know about is that today we are talking to Olive Natural Skincare. Mark Green is the CEO and founder, and what they've done is they've done a complete packaging redesign. We're going to talk to them about why they did the packaging redesign, who they worked with, how it impacts their business, what the decisions were that they made in order to achieve to get to the point where they're going to make that decision to change their packaging and how consumers are dealing with the change, right? These are things that we don't typically see on the back end. Uh, what happens after the packaging change? How do you communicate that to consumers? We're going to get into all those good things. I'm super stoked. I want to share this with you. So let's get to the show on Packaging Unboxed. All right, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So uh, today we've got Mark Green from All of Natural Skincare. How are you? Thank you for being on. I really appreciate this. I'm very good. Thanks. So I'm Mark Green, the uh, CEO at All of Natural Skincare. Uh, if anyone thinks that I've got a slightly strange accent, that's because I do. I'm down here in New Zealand, <laughs> uh, which I think is a great place to make natural skincare. You, you're a New Zealand-based skincare company since 2001. So you've been around for a while. And what's happened is you've recently relaunched all of your packaging, all new redesign. Um, so can you tell me what you discovered in the brand that made a redesign a priority today in 2022? What changed in the business? As a management team, we felt that the old packaging design uh, wasn't really supporting the brand uh, as well as it needed to. And uh, we we had some intuition as to what may be missing or what we perhaps should change. And we entered into some some market research and some market feedback. And that really was the 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 missing part that gave us the, the final answer and, and really in a nutshell what it was that for for our brand, for what we're trying to achieve, the big thing was to was for our packaging design to connect with people on an emotional level. And what you when you say that what you were trying to achieve as a brand, what exactly are you trying to achieve as a brand? Look, our uh, our, our our great ambition would be to to get as big as we can in the biggest consumer market in the world, which is the U.S. And we we would we would have aspirations to become, uh, if we can, the preeminent predominant natural skincare brand in the US. That would be our great aspiration. So, all right. So then if we're looking at your previous design compared to your current design, were you looking at it from a 
from a lens of this is going to speak to the American market? Our previous design we felt was a little bit too similar, if you like, to many others in the natural skincare area. So A, dominated by green green and white coloration, and B, uh, dominated by fairly standard shapes, particularly right angles. And we just felt that we wanted to move away from that, yeah. offer something different because we're we're the new brand. We're 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 the disruptors. We're the ones trying to do do something new in a big market. And so it was this decision to to look to connect emotionally. Then there are there are a few nuances, if you like, which we introduced uh to give a focus on the US market, but I do have to say that we we never overtly looked to design for the US market. It was, I guess we just have a, a very international kind of uh, outlook and hope that that will appeal to US consumers. Sure, absolutely. Um, have you, are you in any US doors, doors at this point? Approximately 3,000. Wow. So, All right. <laughs> our friends at CVS and our friends at Rite Aid and uh, some regional uh, supermarket or, or grocery chains as well, but that—that's what it is for us. That we've we've had very good uptake, very good interest, and now it's a case of getting it out there, doing some clever marketing, and uh, hopefully the consumers will uh, pick up on the product. And then who did you work with on redesigning your packaging? Was there a local agency or where was this agency from? Or did you do it internally? Yeah, look, we've, we, we've got a, a quite a strong internal team. Mm -hmm. And it, there, there was actually three of us. We've got an in-house designer who obviously comes at it from a, a very much a design, design perspective. And then there's me who's got many years experience in consumer packaged goods. I've, I've, I've just seen so many products uh, over such a long period of time and built up some experience. And then a third, a third person who happens to be my sister, who's very, very artistic. She runs a, an art dealership, that type of thing. And so we had those three people as an internal team, and then we uh, collaborated with a, a Texas-based design company um, who we we felt comfortable to work with and felt would give uh, the right outcomes for the project. Oh, awesome! And, and uh, do you mind naming who that who that team was that you worked with in Texas? Uh, they're called Brandarella. Uh, Jamie is the lady's name, and um, yeah, it was a, a really interesting project, and we enjoyed uh, working with them. Wow, that's awesome! Why? Um, so curious, why New Zealand brand working with the Texas company um, versus working local? Ah, look, we we are very conscious that we sit here in New Zealand, and 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 we say tomato, and you say tomato. <laughs> So we've got to be quite careful about those those sort of uh, subtleties or those nuances, and uh, so we felt with the with the kind of strength of the internal team down here 
that it made sense to to mix it with a a local US uh, design agency. And uh, look, hopefully we've come out with with the best of both worlds or best of both countries. Yeah, no, that's great. So uh, as you're talking, it's making me just, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking through opportunities. So it sounds to me like for brands that are out in, that are built in New Zealand, which there are lots and loads of brands that are coming out in New Zealand. If you're a US agency and you want to pick up new clients, it might be great to start marketing in New Zealand as the US agency that can bring you into the US. Always thinking marketing, like how can we bring more business one way or another? Um, and it seems like that would be a, a, a simple opportunity for any agency out there that's listening, maybe wanting to reach out to that New Zealand market. Because again, there, there's a ton of great products coming out of New Zealand. Yes, I, I would agree with that. And and I think these linkages, particularly particularly with consumer packaged goods where where really you've you've got to get things right along every step of the chain through to the final consumer. It's not it's not like some, I don't know, agricultural commodity or something like that. And so getting all of those steps right, it is a case of uh collaborating with with the right people. But also but also it's important that it doesn't just become dominated by the US thinking or the US perspective because then it just becomes a US brand and, and it kind of loses its um uh its its points of difference. I think in the US we're looking for that exotic agency to come in and help support us. So we're going we're actually, you know, brands here are actually looking overseas for agencies to come and give us a new perspective. And it's funny to see, you know, someone overseas coming here for our perspective, which uh, I, I think is great all around. I guess service companies who who uh, operate or, or exist down here in New Zealand is our, our population is so small that to actually be successful down here, you have to be pretty sharp and pretty mm-hmm. yeah pretty onto it and and constantly coming up with innovation or whatever because we we just don't have the population for a brand or a service or a product to just be carried through by uh, by volume. We just don't have that. So it, it does come down to uh, innovation and, and that sort of thing. And I think I think particularly we see we see more and more of that coming through in in areas like like movies or uh like uh TV. I mean we sorry I'll brag it but maybe we we did really well um in in the very very recent emmy awards um or you or you think of peter jackson making the lord of the rings movies from here or um the latest thor movies uh, are directed by a new zealander well what about lord (laughs) what about lord she went she lives five (laughs) kilometers from where i live so Look, there's plenty happening there is, here. There is. I mean, Oprah, from what we hear, Oprah's bought, you know, a third of New Zealand at this point. Oh, but, that's um, good. Well, I need her to uh, promote our product. You then. know, if she tries the product, it'll, it'll just explode, right? <laughs> so, all right. So for, for many founder-led brands, you know, brands are just led by the founder. Making a change like this is really difficult. So it's great to hear that, um, you know, as a founder, you realize there's an opportunity to make this change and making it. What was the hardest 
or scariest part of making that decision to go and change your packaging? It is really just that very first decision because you you've got something there and there's levels of comfort and uh yeah just making that decision that that you really think you need to move on from that but it was pretty amazing because uh we we did get that market research confirmation of what we uh intuitively felt and really as soon as soon as that market research told us about that need for emotional connection we mm-hmm. felt that we really got it as a project and as a team that we we while we didn't know how how the project would evolve or develop we kind of felt that we really knew the the structure of what we were trying to achieve at this point you has the new packaging hit retail shelves already we're just in the process of doing the changeover with both Rite Aid and CVS. So it's literally a work in progress right now. Sure. And um, so how does that work, right? You have established inventory with a previous design. You have a new packaging that's going to market. Do you do just a hard launch of the new packaging or is it a soft launch and you, you work through all the inventory with the old packaging? What, what 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 exists in between soft and hard because that's kind of what we're doing uh, we we offered to we have offered to swap out uh, sorry offered and arranged to swap out all of the product in the in the DCs so in the wow. uh, retailers warehouses but not the product at each individual store that just gets too too finicky and detailed and frankly expensive so the way it'll work is that that the, the the new packaging product is about to hit all of the dcs and then really as soon as the stores uh start ordering so uh the new packaging will get out there and then we'll just Try and make sure we run promotions, etc., to clear the the old packaging off shelf as quickly as possible. Got it. So you'll discount the old packaging just to move that product out. Um, what do you do in between? Right. So this is between a soft launch and a hard launch. So what do you do in between to not lose any customers that are super familiar with your current packaging and transition them to the new packaging? You you hold your breath and hope uh, you you have your your website, um, but look underneath it all, you simply have to have the the confidence that you're doing the right thing. And frankly, I think I think too many brands or businesses get trapped by fear of of doing yeah. something. Whereas we we just feel that it is such a such a strong improvement that we just need to do it, and to the extent we uh, you know we we may lose some customers because of that lack of familiarity or I don't know preference for for green dominated uh, design. 
uh, we we feel that we'll pick up more customers through the the attractive, bright, uh, maybe artistic type design that we're putting forward. Yeah. No, and, and you're right. A lot of times brands are terrified of making this change. One, you've got you know you've got people in procurement that have to look at the amount of inventory they've got to work through, um, the loss they may take on discounting, then the fear that you're going to lose clients. You know, typically it's like a ten percent drop at the initial change, and then you get a, a spike after that with new clients and uh, picking up that ten percent again. But it's that fear of making a decision where they end up just not making a decision. Um, so congratulations on making the decision and going through with it because it's not an easy choice for, uh, for, for brands today. We've taken all of those matters into account and kind of put them into a, into a, a, a box and taped the box shut and put it in the corner. And, and so we, we know <laughs> there's costs and losses and, hassles and frustrations but it still doesn't change the um uh the dynamic that that is what we need to do we do need to make the change we want to it is simply a a far superior product and brand with the new design so if we look at some of the behind the scenes processes right we know we know it's a difficult choice Uh, we know you're talking to an agency in texas and you've got an internal team um what in this process, what was the most enjoyable part for you? When you look back at the whole process, what's the one part that you're like, that was a lot of fun? Oh, am I only allowed to choose one? <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I think the, the most enjoyable was, sorry, I'll go back a step. What, <laughs> what evolved was actually an incredibly complex design. We we actually run a different background color on every panel. So if you on any individual SKU or any individual product, every panel is a different color. And that's an wow. incredibly complex and challenging design proposition. And yeah, it was quite confronting as we were as we evolved that because the color combinations when you when you're trying to combine five or six different colors, uh, it does get kind of a bit spooky and and quite quite <laughs> yeah quite difficult. But when when we actually saw that coming together, and that's where that's where the value of of my sister, whom I mentioned before, the the very artistic kind of perspective came in because she she dominated that color combination choice mm-hmm. and uh really as we saw that emerge i would say that was the most satisfying the most fun um the most <sighs> enjoyable for sure because your new packaging has so many colors to it um you know, I'm sure you're looking at a lot of different spot colors and, and different processes for printing this to achieve that color. Is this new packaging more expensive than your previous packaging? Mm. Um, <laughs> okay, trade secrets. <laughs> Look, we we import 
we import our packaging from China. And mm -hmm. with the changed dynamics of world trade, etc., Chinese businesses are way more hungry uh, for for uh, for sales now than they have yeah. been. Look, in my total experience, and uh, we're we're actually very pleased that our packaging our packaging cost has not increased, even though Amazing. the complexity has, even though a lot of other costs or prices around are increasing. And I think I simply think what it is is on on the printing packaging side, yes, costs have gone up, but those those packaging companies are just more hungry for business, need the throughput, and therefore they're offering right. us uh, offering to hold our our previous pricing. Yeah. No, and that's that's a great right. So if you're talking about opportunity um, and producing in Asia, these factories, any factory that's doing packaging, boxes, bat bottles, it doesn't matter. They have tremendous amount of staff. And as different companies are, are slowing down their ordering process, they need to keep those people staffed. So it's a great opportunity for somebody that's ordering packaging to really try to negotiate uh, a better rate. Because as long as your packaging is being produced there, they can keep their staff um, employed, you know, and it, you never want to, you know, especially going into holiday, these manufacturers don't want to hit, um, you know, they don't want to reduce their staff and all of a sudden be hit with a spike because of holiday. So it's always a great opportunity to to negotiate every time you're you're ordering packaging. And I think a lot of times people forget that and they go, oh, they gave me an invoice for this much. That's how much it costs. But you know, you always have to ask for a discount. You always have to try to negotiate. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I, I guess that's just something that that we build into our our thinking. Um, it's and it's not it's not only asking for a price reduction or a or, or probably more for us. It's it's to make sure that mm -hmm. our previous pricing is held in in, <clears throat> in a world of increasing cost, but it's yeah. also to make it just just. Firmly clear to them that a you do have other alternatives and b you will move. That um, yeah. you know you just just got to make sure that that they understand that e even if they are the incumbent, uh, that that's uh, that that status requires ongoing performance and an ongoing uh, meeting of the market, if you like. Sure. You know, and I got to tell you, I love the fact that your website has a button on there for packaging redesign. A lot of times brands launch new packaging and they'll do social media, they'll do all these different things, but on their website, they never really talk about what they're doing and, and why they're doing it. Um, so you, you've had this button on your website for a while now since the, the process. What's been the feedback from consumers? Are you getting anything back from consumers it's. I mean, it's. It's not a. It's not a huge major point, but but it it has been quite polarizing. It's it's it, it actually surprised us, but then in retrospect, doesn't surprise us. We've we've had one strand of people saying, 
oh well thank you you know thank you for the explanation and and thank you for telling us what what you're doing and and that type of thing which which are people who have dealt with us before or who know the brand who know the products that sort of thing and then there's there's this other strand of people who who don't really know the brand haven't haven't interacted with it before and they go why are you why are you telling me all this this information i'm not interested in that just i just want to look at what there is and and you know you don't have right. to give me history and background so so look it has been interesting we we took the decision that we 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 just simply needed to to tell um people who know the the old uh, old brand design that hey you you have you have arrived at the same website this is this is still us <laughs> right. um and so we 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 just we felt we should just i guess show that respect and now now we we're talking of when when that information will be removed from the predominance that it right. has and just become a, a small part of our um, our overall history, if you like. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a great point. It's like when do you, it's great to launch it, but then when do you remove it? Mark, real quick, as we start wrapping up here, what is one thing that you would tell a brand that's thinking about doing redesign for their packaging? Understanding what we were trying to achieve, what we were trying to do at the beginning because just changing packaging to i don't know to make it look a bit different or something like that is you know that's okay but it's wasting the opportunity these are these are big projects and complex and can be expensive as we talked before and i i would i would just advise people to really take a step back and Try and work out what what their their business and brand strategy is, and then look to to make the packaging design and and change the the changes fit within that that very broad or deep strategy or philosophy. Is there anything that you want to add? Maybe something that I I didn't ask you, or anything that you'd like to add to the to the conversation. Yes, buy buy our product. Buy all of natural skincare. <laughs> buy, buy, buy. Yeah, there you go. And where can you get this product? You said CVS, Rite Aid, and it's called Olive Natural Skincare. Yes, CVS Pharmacy, uh, Rite Aid Pharmacies, and then on on our website, Olive Natural Skincare, or uh, we, we've got our um, social media as well. So Olive Natural Skincare. Actually, sure. Olive Natural Skin so if I order, underscore USA. Got it. So if I order from your website, um, you know, and I fill up my shopping cart and I hit submit, that goes straight to the DC. That's an order fulfilled directly by Olive, or is that an order fulfilled by CVS or a co-packer? No, like, how does that website, work? Our website is our own fulfillment. Perfect. Perfect. So we're going to drive people to oliveNaturalSkincare.com, um, right? Now, yep, oliveNaturalSkincare.com. So go order there. CVS is great, but let's go to oliveNaturalSkincare.com. <laughs>